Welcome back into the mental game where this week's guest is Clockwork DJ. Sometimes it's even hard for me to like listen to his music for real, to be completely honest. I, I couldn't listen to his music uh, actually for a while after he passed away. And in this episode, Clockwork opens up about his music career, when he started DJing, and also the backstory of becoming Mac Miller's official DJ. We talk all about that, what it was like to tour the world and be on the biggest stage in music but also the tragedy of losing Mac, his mental health, and how Clockwork has moved on since in his career. All of that and much, much more coming up in this episode. But once again, if you're loving the mental game, please like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your family, tell your friends, as we try to help as many people as possible with their mental health. But now it is time for the latest episode here on the mental game with Clockwork. Welcome back into the mental game. As you can tell, I got a very special guest next to me, Clockwork DJ here in New York City. Appreciate you having me out here. You already know, man. What's goody? <sighs> trying What's to stay awake, trying to grind. What's the science? What's the science? Cool. It's been a week of New York podcast shoots, so it's uh, it's been a lot. By the way, I, Clock, is that what you like to go by? Yeah, you can call me Clock. All right, cool. And we got the mm-hmm. Cincinnati connection run deep with uh, self-diploma. Shout out Sean, Eddie, Yates, all that, man. The whole it's, squad. That was like, what, um, 15 years ago? Yeah, South man. started? 2009, 2000, even before that, maybe like 2008, shit. We'll, we'll get into it in this, um, but I was handing out flyers when I was 17 with a fake ID with your face on it uh, when you were DJing wow. out in Cincinnati, so... It's pretty crazy. That's It's, it's wild how the world works. Uh, first thing I ask wow. everyone on this clock is... What does mental health mean to you? And people can answer it in different ways, whether it's something, you know, they knew about at a young age and knew how to take care of, or maybe, you know, shit happened throughout their life where they had to work on their mental health more, but I ask you the same thing. What does mental health mean to you? Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning every day and, and figuring things out. But for me, mental health is really just, uh, being able to be okay with yourself, mm-hmm. being able to, uh, like reflect yeah on the past and shit maybe even the future <laughs> you know what i mean some people can do that but uh if you're able to reflect and be okay with that and to and you know to pull the positive things out of your reflection periods and you know um you know you're you're just saying you know what i mean you're mm-hmm. happy to be alive i think that's really mental health a lot of people you know, they deal with uh, a lot of different things to where um, they might not be happy to be alive. But I think that really is where it starts, you know, because, you know, for example, if I get depressed or, you know, I get sad about a situation, mm-hmm. this might even sound kind of corny, but I what, what makes me happy and makes me excited is really the next day. Looking yeah. forward to the next day, like knowing that, you know what I mean? Like, get hey, a fresh start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm in my bed. I'm like, yo, you know what? Today was kind of whack, but I'm about to go to sleep. And then tomorrow yeah. is going to be a brand new day. Like, that really excites me. And I think that um, when you have that type of mindset, or, you know, you got something coming up in a week, right. or you have, you know, even if it's like a dentist appointment, something just, you know, that's different than the norm, and you find some type of excitement in it. I think that that's really uh, mental health and, um, you know, a a good, good mental health. 
And, and that's the big key is figuring out what's best for you. We're going to go through your entire mm -hmm. life career on this episode, but it's Jan Pack, man, from Cincinnati, just like me. I know you love music from the beginning. Very yes, successful sir. DJ yes, out of the 513. You linked up with Mac Miller early in his career, mm -hmm. and you guys toured up, toured the world. And you've also done like a lot three of times. I think we did, I think we either two or three times we went around the USA in a sprinter van. <laughs> That's crazy. Before we got the tour bus. Yeah. I think we did a sprinter van. I, I saw twice. I want to say twice, but <laughs> it could be more. Well, we'll get all, into all that here in a sec. I know why you're talking about the touring, though. I saw y'all in, I know in Cincinnati a, a couple times, like at Bogarts, but then also I was studying abroad in 2012. Shout out to Bogarts. Shout Dude, out to Bogarts, Bogarts is my favorite venue. Yo, truth. truth. That, that, that venue is so true. dope. I, did, I just did an interview with Bryce Vine there for the oh, pod. Nice. So nice. I love that place. Um, but good I, people. In, yeah, good people. Mm. In, in 2012, I saw y'all in Munich, Germany. Oh, wow. I was doing a study abroad, and wow. I was like, we were a bunch of UC kids. They were like, yeah, we're going to go see, you know, Mac and Clock. Like, duh, that's... So this crazy Yo, back. That's that was, wild. That's wow. ten. I got a photo somewhere deep on my phone. I'll show you after this episode. But uh, Yeah, you're going to have to show the people, because that's crazy. That probably was our, maybe our uh, second tour. The first time we went over there, I couldn't get over there, because of other reasons. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the second time I went, you know, so... That's really cool. Yeah, right? it's, it's crazy dope. stories like that. But let's tell your story, man. I mean, you grew up in Cincinnati, went to the school mm -hmm. for creative and performing arts, which yes, is sir. one of the best in the country for people that are great at what they do, whether it's music, theater, dance. Mm -hmm. it, it is the place to be. When did you know that, that music was going to be a big part of your life? Um, I I was always surrounded by music. I, I, I knew in some capacity I was going to do something with music. Yeah. I didn't know if I was going to be a rapper, producer, singer. Uh, I didn't know, but I, I was in love with music. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my mother would put headphones on my, uh, I mean, my father would put my, uh, headphones on my mother's belly when I was like pregnant and like, wow. play music. Um, and so I think that, I think I was just, it, it was in me when I was born. Yeah. And, um. You know, um, and then just growing up in a household where my parents played um, everything from um, average white bands <laughs> to like Foreigner <laughs> to like Bob Marley and uh, like uh, Patricia Russian. And, and you know, uh, it was just a slew. Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah. Uh, it was just a little like, sample platter. <laughs> yeah. Like ACDC. It was like rock and roll. It was like rock and roll, soft rock reggae and like hip-hop it was a crate and like soul music so yeah. it was it was a wild mixture of music and i was just surrounded by that the whole time and um yeah so i i guess i knew what i wanted to do in music when i was a teenager as a kid uh um watching uh baby got back sir mix a lot shout out to sir mix a lot <laughs> let's <Seattle>. go <laughs> um but i i saw uh baby got back and i was influenced there was a dj in that video and he was like DJing on this like mountain of butt cheeks, and <laughs> uh, and and I was I don't know. Look, I to this day I couldn't tell you what <laughs> drove me to that. Like, sounds what, like a mountain of butt cheeks. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I just saw this guy up there. I'm like, yo, what is he doing? Like that looked crazy. So um, I know I wanted to do that. I wanted to mix music. I wanted yeah. to play music for crowds. Right. And I was like, that's the way to do it. I didn't even know what a DJ was, but I like knew that i wanted to play music and and like be a uh, a maestro so that was was my true calling do you remember the first time you? Got it was the first time i saw i guess what i wanted to do right 
um, music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you, um, do you remember the first time that you, uh, you got tables? Actually I do. Uh, I used to work at amusement park, Kings Island in Cincinnati. KI. You know what I mean? Shout out to Kings Island. (laughs) Um, and there was a, uh, I worked at two spots. There was like this chicken finger spot and then there was this dip and dot stand. Um, I later had moved to the dip and dot stand because they were like paying a little bit more money and I saved up about 600 bucks, bought my first set of turntables. They were like Gemini technique, uh-huh. uh, not technique Gemini, that's two different brands. They were Gemini turntables. They were like these, uh, belt drive turntables. I didn't even know the difference between belt drive and direct drive. Yeah. Uh, so I bought a belt drive turntables and the belt drive, they have like a little belt. It's kind of a beginner turntable. They yeah. have a belt um, underneath the platter. And, you know, when you scratch or spin, it like automatically snaps back. Yeah. But yeah. a direct drive is you you have to actually right. uh, move it yourself. You know, you scratch. It doesn't snap back. It kind of. I just know the um, first one you said is what I you like drunk, sneak my way into the DJ booth in downtown Cincinnati or wherever I was at. And like, yeah, I feel it kick back. I'm like, all right. Now I know what that is. Now, you know, somebody <laughs> probably had like a beginner turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or something well word. i was a beginner too so word word <laughs> so uh the dj there probably was too or maybe they didn't know because i i didn't even know it took me years to finally figure out yeah. that i was like using a kind of a quote-unquote beginner turntable in the dj world you right it's kind of oh you got a belt drive turns on you know yeah so um but yeah so i saved up my money and bought my first set of turntables from from king's island and um and when i bought them they uh sat up in the attic for like a year mm. before i even touched them they just i just bought them and just went on i was a kid i was just yeah and yeah what were you like 16 probably yeah probably around that age yeah that's so cool that like you remember like that story of yeah. you know it's one thing to to have a passion about something then to save up but is still a pretty to this day a pretty good amount of money. Good money, right? But at 16 years old, working your ass off, summer job, serving out dipping dots and chicken fingers, man, that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. That's so, really cool. Um, yeah. do you remember when you started, like actually? Yeah, it was sit. They were sitting in the attic. The tables were. Yep. Remember when you got them out and started spinning for the first Absolutely. time? Absolutely. I I went up there and. Um, like a air, like a true Aries. I thought I knew what I was doing, so I, <laughs> I they had a whole like uh VHS kind of like manual thing yeah. that you could like watch to learn how to hook the turntables up. Didn't do that. Of course didn't not. Read, did, didn't read the man. <laughs> I don't need that. Didn't read the manual. Like threw that out. So now I'm just sitting there with like wires and like a little mixer, and so it probably took me maybe a full week. Where, mm. you know, to yeah. learn how to hook them up myself, <laughs> where I could have probably learned it that day or maybe like in a day or two, a day or two or in a few hours. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it took me a week. So I, I hooked them up myself. I um, uh, had to figure out how to take the rubber from under the um, butter rug or our DJ mat. There's mm-hmm. like a thick piece of rubber that comes and it's also kind of the beginner yeah uh training wheels if you will for yeah. the turntables so i had to i was using that for like a whole month or two yeah before uh i figured out 
I can't remember. I figured out or somebody told me like, yo, you know, you got that like thick ass rug under that mat. Like you need to take that out. Like you're not supposed to have that. It makes it easier for the vinyl. (laughs) You're like, and it was like a a game changer. I took that off. I'm like, ah, now I got this. Now I'm DJing, you know? So, um, it took me a minute. I was very rough when I first started, but I learned every, you know, I learned the ins and outs, how to hook everything up, how to unplug stuff. Yep. You know, I did it wrong so many times. I knew which outlets, you know, to not go in. Right. It was like I, um, you know, I became a guru at it almost. Well, and um, you loved it. And that yeah. was like, that was the whole passion of you buying it, then teaching yourself. I love throwing away the manual because I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can figure this out. Um, but, right. but your career, like you base it, obviously your ho- hometown of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. When did you start like getting gigs and how did you start? I mean, cause I feel like, you know, you linked up with, with Sean and Self Diploma and mm-hmm. things kind of blew up in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, but how'd you start getting into gigs and, and bars and clubs? Um, I, and crazy enough, I would, um, I would, so let me rewind a little bit. When I first started DJing out in public was in high school. Okay. And the first major event i believe was my homecoming i dj my oh, that's homecoming. awesome yeah hell yeah and i was a junior at the time but i still Ooh, i i yeah. had i had my turntables but i was still kind of i wasn't confident yet so yeah. i had like these little like cd player things or whatever that i was using um and then i would i had like um I would hook like one turntable up and I only had like maybe seven vinyls. Yeah. So it was like I had more music on, on a mixed CD yeah. than I did a vinyl. You know what I mean? So right. I would, more so I was still leaning on like playing CDs and mm. like kind of, uh, and I would have like a little makeshift DJ booth covering me so you really couldn't see what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I Meanwhile, like playing CDs. But so then I, I, um, on some on some whole geek nerd squad, um, I figured out that um, the PlayStation Two, right? They PlayStation Two has a uh, had a external sound card in the mm. system, so the music would naturally come out louder. The video games would play louder than like the PlayStation One, yeah, because they were trying to like you know upgrade Sell, it. Yeah. Yeah. every every version of the PlayStation they wanted to make better. So uh, figure that out, and then so I was like, you know what? Uh, and this is another idea that I don't know, it just came to me through the yeah. universe, through some higher calling was like, yo, I could actually DJ on this PlayStation too. Like if I, um, and the way to do that is, you know, I would, uh, I would make a mixtape and I would have all the songs lined up, track one, track two, track three, whatever I wanted it to be. And then I would use the controllers, L1, L2, R1, R2 to switch the songs. Cause you know you can put you used to yeah, be able to no. put a CD into the PlayStation yeah, no, Two. Yeah, I remember having you, that. Yeah, you could listen to music. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I, you know what I mean. That's two and awesome. two, it just kind of zapped into my brain. Like, hold on, if we're quick enough, you know, I could, I could switch a song, or this one song would be ending, and then I could kind of like fade out, and then I could switch it really quickly, <laughs> and it would kind of yeah, like if I did so it quick funny. enough, it would be like a nice little blend, you know. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's so cool. So when I um when I that party I DJ with the PlayStation 2 was this fraternity party. No, it was like a Mason party. You know like the Masons um I don't want to explain this wrong, but it's like um 
like this old fraternity um and they're called masons i don't know i'm ringing a bell i don't i don't know too much about them but, but you but, were there but i was there and it's a real thing they're like these like prominent men and these like higher like uh uh whatever but it, they're called the masons and they had this party and i dj'd it and at the time i was like maybe like 18 19 yeah and so all these people kind of like at the end of the you know, I was jamming and the party was, you know, it was popping. People were doing line dances. It Let's was, go. you know, it was people everywhere dancing on tables. Yeah. And like when the lights came on, they seen like the PlayStation 2. And they seen like my whole set up. <laughs> and it was, like, so good. it was like, wait, wait, wait. So you were back here. This was you. You were doing that? Like you were DJing on the PlayStation 2? So um, <laughs> from that, people kind of started talking like, uh, you know, there's this kid. He was DJing with this PlayStation 2. He yeah. killed it. Um, and so that like from there, I just, you know, I would DJ more just homies parties, you know, and then I would also in the midst of doing all that, uh, when I got my first car, I would drive to downtown Cincinnati Yeah, and the nightlife was so popping then it's still, it's popping crazy right now by the way I've, Cincinnati like, nightlife is like ridiculous I've enjoyed it a lot I quit drinking about four months ago but I, oh, still, I, 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 good, I enjoyed good, it too yeah, much yeah, yeah oh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good though that yeah, you yeah. start drinking congratulations <laughs> on that Thanks, um, but uh but no it, so I would go down there and um this is when people would have would love to bring their cars out so it would just be like Oh, a, a whole strip of cars. You yep. know what I mean? Lifted off the ground, just doves and just it was just crazy. So went down there and I would just hang out and I would just talk to the doorman or whoever was at the front door. I would just talk to them and just yeah. on some regular conversation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not even trying to get in because I couldn't get in. Right. I wasn't 21. So I would just be, you know, just shooting the shit with them. What's going on here? What's the most popping night? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? What who, you know, who's DJing? So um the more I did that, eventually I got into a few bars. Red Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the name of the other spots, but I got in when I was underage. Let's you know, go. so You're I was fired up. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm in there, and it was like they let me and my homies in. So it was like three of us. We had no business being in there, young as hell, just seeing the nightlife. You yep. know. Um. So that was kind of like my introduction into the nightlife, and then later that's where I would meet Sean, and then. We would, uh, it would turn into a snowball effect. And from Sean, I met, you know, Mac and High Tech and everything like that. I don't know if you want me to go through. Yeah, no, you we, know what I mean. We'll, but we'll, we'll definitely go through. Yeah. I mean, because like, and shout out Sean Heron. He is like, Facts. one. Of, he is one of the biggest uh, success stories in Cincinnati. I mean, that dude grinds. You're you're best friends with him. I'm working a lot with him now. And like, nice. I remember when when that self diploma when he started self diploma. And it was just so cool seeing like a group of dudes from my hometown starting something and like working their ass off, mm-hmm. like you know selling bar nights, getting people to come out to parties, bringing concerts in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean you you and Sean link up, and I mean you were grinding, grinding. But like you said, that was kind of the snowball effect. And we were talking about this beforehand, and it's really cool. And maybe if I ask Sean if I can show it, I will. But there there was a show or. Let me explain this better. He found Mac, I guess, on MySpace. Mm-hmm. Sean found mm-hmm. Mac on MySpace. You guys have been working together already, Sean and you. Mm-hmm. And he booked Mac for a like a four city tour. Mm-hmm. And you were the DJ that he was assigning to Mac for that mm-hmm. tour. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. Like, yeah, 
Pretty much. That's crazy. Yeah, I um, I was just getting off of uh, I was just getting off a tour with uh, High Tech yeah. and Talib Kweli. Yep. And so, um, before and the re- how I people probably are like, whoa, whoa, how did you get on? <laughs> what yeah. was that High Tech <laughs> and Kweli? But um, so um, when I when I did eventually start DJing in, in clubs in Cincinnati, that's when I met Sean. Yeah. Um, and from that we. Uh, we got cool and, and he ran a night, a college night down at club exclusive. Yeah. And then from there they had the, uh, before it was self diploma, it was actually called loco bros. Um, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that one. Yeah. It was actually, that's a, that's a super, super throwback. Like, yeah. uh, a lot of people like four EG and yeah. like a lot of those people were, uh, uh, were in loco bros. Like that's cool. Because that's awesome. Back in the day, as they, as people say, you know, there were the promoter game was crazy. Everybody who was promoting was really getting money, and and the parties were were crazy. Yeah, and there was really nothing to do. Like team parties, if you were a team promoter, like you probably got paid back in the day. Yeah. especially in Ohio, I know because those team yeah. clubs used to be packed. Metropolis, uh, Metropolis. Oh wow, <laughs> whoa, some time. Yeah, maybe. so like, um, yeah, so. Um, there it was it was local bros and then it turned into self diploma um eventually self diploma um then started booking like uh new acts that were coming out yeah like in that blog era yeah so like chip the ripper lmfao mgk mm-hmm. this is when people were just brewing they were just you know starting starting to get and their sean and self diploma would bring them to Cincinnati, yeah. and if you're not from Cincinnati, the middle of the city on Fountain Square, Facts. and there would be thousands of people. Yeah, and he had such a good like like way to find him. Like MGK, yeah. right before he popped, mm-hmm. like you said, Chip the Ripper. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other ones. Time flies. Oh uh, yeah, time flies. Like, everyone's performed there. Like uh, there's, wi- uh, I don't know if Wiz came down there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. We did a high tech showcase down yeah, there. Yeah, I remember that. Um, there were a few people that did like Drew Hill or somebody, somebody, anyway, we, I'm sure you can Google everything, but they were called like the, the uh, summer, the series? summer concert series. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and then from there we did the concerts over in Kentucky where, uh, I forgot it was called like the Madison house or something like yeah. that. But anyway, we brought in like Wiz over there. Uh, you know, we just did a bunch of concerts Yeah, and then from that from doing a con- a bunch of concerts when we finally did a hometown concert uh with high tech and quali uh that's when i was kind of hit with like yo would you like to go on tour and um kind of go <laughs> under high tech's wing and learn how to go on tour how to be like a tour dj yeah i didn't know that there was a difference between tour djing right. and regular that's djing so, so there's a bunch of groundwork that i um, have put in to actually get to that point but right. it wasn't i wasn't expecting that you know what i mean yeah. i was just i was the dj at every i want all of these concerts that we brought these acts in i was the dj of the yep, night i remember that you know what i'm saying so i was just grinding it out and this opportunity kind of came to me so i went for it yeah dude that was so cool i mean working with those two especially high tech he he's cincinnati right of course of course that's what i thought all right yeah. and that was his yeah. dad worked with my his mom worked with my dad Dude, that's such a, such a small world, man. Yeah, that's like we so know each cool. other family, like so. So t- walk me through that that moment when, or not moment, but those first. It was four shows. Yeah. Where you and Mac Miller started working together, and this is right after 
I think best day ever was like the, that was the only thing out at the time, right? That was like no, popping, I think I that think. was I think that was like High Life. Okay, and he, and maybe Kids was out. Okay, maybe Kids, but was it, that's out. still pretty early. Yeah, High Life because I remember studying High Life because I hadn't known the music. I had just heard Kool Aid and Frozen Pizza. Yeah, <clears throat> and so I wanted to go back and I wanted to be like, all right, well, what has he released before this? Yeah, and so yeah. those four shows. What do you remember the most about them? Uh, I remember like Tree J like not fucking with me at all. Oh wait, can we we can yeah we can come. Uh, yeah yeah. Uh, Tree because he was just like <laughs> I, think, I think he was like sick or something or had like a headache and I was just like oh what up y'all it was good yeah. da, da, da. Natty in the house you know what I'm saying and they're all yeah. Pittsburgh dudes well, they're, like, they're like yo who yeah. Yeah. like who is this you know so um and I remember but it was cool I remember meeting Will shout out to Will Cowson yep. Um, and he's a super music head, mm -hmm. like super, like way, yeah, just like underground, um, B side stuff, rare, exclusive, like one copy released, he's on it, type yeah, stuff, you know what I mean. So, me and him talked about music, and that was dope. Um, and then it was just cool. I remember, like, we didn't even rehearse, we he would just be like, <laughs> he would just give me a CD and be like, um, or no, he would. I was using Serato then. Yeah, I was using Serato then. So he would give me his songs and just be like, oh, just play them and just watch me. And then like when I say cut them, just cut them. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just like I he would he would perform and I'd be watching, you know, and he'd be like, cut. And I'd be like, all right. But That's... through the midst of that, I learned, you know, when he would like the song cut and right. stuff like that. I had just got off the tour with High Tech and, yep. and, and Quali, so I had a little skin in the game as far as tour djs is concerned right so i kind of knew how to you know yeah cut out certain parts of the song and let him get his lyrics off you know right. what i mean Crowd I kinda, work a little bit where i kind of had a little juice so that, that kind of helped me yeah and just it's so crazy the early days of you and mac meeting up and then you guys tour the world obviously he becomes this huge artist mm -hmm. and you're you're by his side throughout that whole experience what was it like i mean touring the world seeing you know you, him, the whole crew kind of get to live the dream, man. Bro, it's, I'm still reflecting on it today. Yeah. Like I, it, it happened so quick and, and it was, yeah, it changed my life, man. Like, yeah. it, um, I treat people nicer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I can put, I can easily now put myself in other people's shoes. Like I, I'm not afraid of anything, mm -hmm. you know, like, um yeah it just it just gave me a whole new set of uh a whole new set of lungs man yeah it gave me a whole new battery about life like a continuous battery mm -hmm. and I, and i can so. tell the way the way you're speaking that it does hit home and i could ask you a bunch of crazy tour questions and stories oh, and shows and shit like that um but on the mental health side of things like mm -hmm. one like it's it's just you could see the connection that that you and mac had and that whole crew had because you guys are boys you 10 years of doing this um mm -hmm. if i can ask like when you lost mac mm -hmm. what was what was that moment like do you remember that call um yeah yeah i remember the call i um somebody yeah so i got a text from a friend and then i i um talked to q and yeah, man, it was it was a surreal day because we were um, about to go on tour. Yeah, you know, so it was uh, yeah, it was a crazy day. I, I I was my mind was 
blank for the whole day. I, I couldn't even think. Mm-hmm. You know, my mind was blank and my phone was just blowing. Oh, I'm sure. Crazy. And yeah, it was just a wild day. It, it was just like a, a gray. Yeah, it was a blur. No, no thoughts. It was just super spacey. Is it still and, hard to believe even though it's been, was it three... It's been a while, man. It's been over. It's he passed away in eighteen. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Is it still hard to believe? Like when you, I mean, like we're absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, sometimes it's even hard for me to like listen to his music for real. Yeah. To be completely honest, I I couldn't mm-hmm. listen to his music uh, actually for a while after he passed away. Um, so, you know, um, it took me took me some time. And then when I then when I listen to it now when I listen to it, I'm like, I mean I was listening to I was really listening to what he was saying before, but mm-hmm. now I'm like really listening yeah. to what he was saying. A lot of times when you're actually in it, it's hard to really listen to it from the outside looking yeah. in. Now I can kind of listen to it as a fan, uh, as a fan, as a as a. Um, I've been a fan, but I as I guess as a um outsider looking in now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, um, yeah, man. It's it's definitely very difficult and for me still. Like, but I not even but therefore, it is it's more of a celebration for me now. It's more right. of a trying to really um just love every minute of it and be happy that I was able to be a part of something that's crazy. Like y'all just don't know how crazy it really was like if we have like three out, two hour, three hours, or like if I could just show you my brain and yeah. like what I saw, like yeah, it, it's it's wild. It, it was an incredible ride, and obviously, like shout out Mac and everyone that, that 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 was a part of that journey because shout it, out his whole family too, yeah, Miller, his brother Karen, his mm-hmm. mom, um, his dad, yeah, you know, it was a, he's obviously a special person special mm-hmm. musician and it was a special time in your life um but like you said it was it was very hard to lose mac but mm-hmm. but you do have to to pivot you know your life and you had a career before then yeah obviously <clears throat> you know djing and, and having your own success going on tour before that mm-hmm. moving throughout your career post max tour dj was it hard to disconnect and, and i know it's one of your best friends mm-hmm. But was it hard to disconnect from being Mac Miller's DJ? Yes. Yeah, it was. Did it bother you when people just associated you with just that and didn't like appreciate how good of a musician you are on your own? It took me a it took me a while to actually accept it because I wanted people so much to be like, nah, but look though, I do this. Yeah. I do that. You know what I mean? I DJ cool parties. I make cool remixes. Like, and I actually rap too. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was like so many of the times, even when I would like release a song, the headline would be like, Mac, you know what I mean? And, and for a minute I was such in my ego. I was, I was, it was me. I wanted to be yeah. an artist. I wanted to be myself. So it did mess with me for a minute because that was like, always a shadow Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until you know i just got older and i just went through more in my life that i was able to actually accept it like yo this is actually a part of your life forever you know and this is actually something that people can connect with you all across the world 
through this, mm-hmm. you know, this is a lot more beautiful than you actually looking at. Yeah. You know, see the two two little people on my shoulder, they they fight every day. They <laughs> they go they go through battles every day. Yeah. So, um I I really sat with it for a while and and like I loved it before. I never it never bothered me. Right. The only thing that bothered me, the only thing that kind of ruffled my feathers was like people didn't pay attention to like the clockwork DJ as far as the artist. So right. I was just more so wanting people to be like, nah, but just like check this out. Yeah. And then like, but we'll get back to this. But like for now, like like let's let's just check this out. You yeah. Know? Um but yeah, yeah, it just took reflection. It just took me to reflect and to go through more shit and to like read and to mm-hmm. grow to be like, man, this is actually beautiful, dog. Like I right. have a conversation with myself. Well I'm sure you had to go through depression with max passing with with your career changing with with the stuff we just talked about trying to figure out how to accept how people view you how you view yourself how did you make sure that you weren't in such a deep low forever after all that and even when i was on tour i had family members pass yeah you know what i mean so i was dealing with a lot of death while i was on tour um, I lost my grandmother. I lost my uncle. I lost a few people while I was on tour. So, mm-hmm. um, music saved you. Music saved my life. Like, um, music and my soul. Mm-hmm. I got a spark that's in my in me. Yeah, God has anointed me. You know, so there's something in me that won't let me go all the way there. I've been there before. I've hit rock bottom, but mm-hmm. like something that's just brewing in me is just there. There's an energy that just um, makes me want to try again, make me not want to give up. Right. So um, that's kind of what I what I go through um, or what I do. And I also read. Yeah. You know what I mean? I listen to music that, you know, um, I listen to depressing music. You know what I mean? When I'm depressed because it does make me feel like somebody else went through that right somebody else cares relatable you know what i mean i'm like all right i'm not the only person that actually dealt with that then when they say some lyrics that actually pertain to something you go through like oh my god bro right Right. it's hitting the nail on the coffin you know what i mean so like um sade shout out to sade i love you to death she saved my life in many occasions her music Mm -hmm. completely like heals me um jay dilla his music heals me like this is soul healing like literally heals my soul yeah erica badu um there's a bunch of artists so i i go into that um and even this might even sound you know a little um uh morbid but i spend alone time too i be by myself you know yeah. spending time with myself talking to myself figuring it out you know yeah no it's um, super, it, it, it's so yeah. it's Those super powerful to hear you talk about that and figure out um, how to best take care of yourself. I want to be completely honest, people watching mm-hmm. on YouTube, we're about to lose the two side cameras, but fuck it. We're going to keep going on the main one because okay. I just can't, I just can't rush this conversation. Um, your purpose, like recent years, it seems like you, you, like everyone, you get older, you get more mature, more mm-hmm. thoughtful. You're teaching I think yes. that is one of the coolest things because like people might think of you as a club DJ or max mm-hmm. DJ or just a musician. And like, 
I don't know, maybe you like a big party or mm-hmm. you're just making music all the time. Word. But to like give back to the next generation of, of kids who want to be artists, mm-hmm. why is that something that was important for you? I'm also teaching adults as well, yeah. by the way. Okay. Um, so if there's anybody out there that wants to learn, yeah. let me know, please. Uh, but serious about learning. But um, no, I, I was... Um, I had to figure out how to shift, how to maneuver. Right. Um, after everything happened, you know, there was really, I had a few things, you know, I, I had never put all my eggs in one basket. So I had a few things brewing, but I mean, that was, that was my boy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this, at the end of the day, like, this is my friend. This is, this is like really fucked up. Right. You know? So um, I was, trying to figure out what my next move was. And um, I had one of my homegirls, shout out to Siobhan. I had went out and I had seen her and a long, long time ago, I remember she worked for this nonprofit and I think I, I might've shadowed her. I might've came in. Oh, oh, I know what I did. I, she worked at this nonprofit and a nonprofit is, is, is like a different name now. Um, it, they were called Urban Arts. Okay, Urban Arts. That's a great name. Yeah, Urban Arts was the name of the nonprofit, but I, uh, it might still be Urban Arts, but they do something different now. Anyway, and I went and I spoke to the kids. That's what it was. She wanted me to come up and be a guest speaker, mm-hmm. and I spoke. And this was like one of the first times I kind of like uh, first times I spoke to a group of kids. First of all, about who I am. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time that like a younger gener- younger generation they recognized who I was. Yeah. And so when I went into the the room and I spoke, a few of the kids knew who who, who I was, and it kind of freaked me out because I'm like, wait, this is the whole, this is a younger, this yeah. is the next generation, right? It's in the same, yeah. You know what I mean? And they were like, oh, I've seen you in videos before, you know. Da-da-da. And so that kind of just gave me like this natural high, man. Yeah. And I remember I left and um, I, I called my brother and I was just like, man, I think I might know what I want to do next. I think I want to like teach, you know, I want to teach music or I want to teach kids how to DJ, you know, um, I want to do something with this. And so, mind you, I, I, I went and spoke to Siobhan's kids maybe a year, a year and a half prior. I go out again after everything, after Max passing, everything year or so went by yeah and i see her again and she's like you know uh you should and we had like this whole little conversation and she's like you know you know what you should come teach djing you know you should come i have this after school program i think you'll be perfect for it yeah and i'm like i'm super down and she's like don't you know what everybody always says that nobody ever comes like you're not serious i'm like no i'm i'm, I'm dead ass dead serious yeah next day i came and like um she pretty much explained everything to me this is how the program works um you would be like a, a teaching artist so that's the title of it right a teaching artist that's cool i like that um and so yeah they what what this nonprofit does is they like put they partner with schools like uh in new york and they put art programs to the schools oh, tech that's programs awesome. uh music programs so they That's have a program cool. where they teach kids how to build apps. They had a program oh, wow. where yeah, kids were doing like all type of crazy artwork. 
and then they had a music program and yeah they had like djing they had a little studio where kids can go after school and record you know what i'm saying yeah. the music if they wanted to right so that's how i started um in schools djing that's amazing from that, that. that's so yeah. cool and you're still um we're in your workspace here in mm -hmm. brooklyn and you were like getting done teaching yeah I, <laughs> I i i like on this board i can't see it all but uh I had a student, this is an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and I was teaching them, you know, um, you know, the basic, the one-on-one, -on -one, the beat counts, how many uh, beats are in one bar. Um, 16? Uh, it's four beats in one bar. Why do I think 16 yeah. was a... It's 16 bars in one verse. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you know. I'm learning. It's a, everybody... Doc, or Dr. Clock. You know what I mean? Professor Clock. You know? <laughs> This is the mathematics. See, people don't know the math. There's mathematics when it comes to DJing. You know, it's not all just fun. I was never good at math, so that makes know? sense. But it's like basic arithmetic. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? It's like two plus two type even numbers. That's that's so cool yeah. to, to see you get into teaching because like I've started to, you know, talk to different. I, I don't teach, but I started to go and do like guest lecturing at different nice. colleges. Yeah, or like they had me in as a guest speaker for, you know, something with mental health or podcasting, sports casting. That's nice. Note bro. for everyone watching, don't do uh, what I did. And I'm running around crazy in New York City. And I saw both these cameras just go out. So we're on this one. If you're watching on YouTube. Sorry. Hopefully you enjoy the conversation. No, but so you're much. hustling, you dude. I mean, I mean, you're doing everything. Yeah. You're really? This guy showed up. He showed <laughs> up with a 70 pound bag. <laughs> He's yeah, un he's unloading he's not enough memory cards. He's unloading everything himself. He's hooking up everything himself. He's doing everything himself. I mean, that's commendable. Thank you. It's this camera, it's by the way. It's this camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my bad. I'm over here looking. This but one's dead. Remember? That was I, oh yeah. I can't remember the memory card. So you know, he's he he's doing everything himself. <laughs> so I mean, somebody keep hustling because the thing that a lot of people don't understand is you always want to tell your story. You don't want to sound thirsty. Or sound like you're begging, right. but you always just when you talk to people and they ask you, "What have you been up to?" or "What are you doing?" or "What's going on with you?" You don't have to sound all you know sad and whatever, but right. tell your story. Tell what's going on with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I remember when I first moved to New York, I was like, "Yo, I need somewhere to live." Everybody that I talked to, uh, you know, in the conversation, I'd be like, "Yo, by the way, if you know anybody that has you know something for, available for rent, I'm looking." You know what I mean? And out of one of those conversations, I actually found something. Right. So I'm just using that as, as an example. It can literally be anything. Yeah. But even if you're going through something, you know, this is a mental health podcast. If you're going through something, you know, just find a way to, to, to just not all hold it in. Yeah. And just know that the more that you share your story, you'd be surprised on what you get back. That if you continue to share. That's and that'd be the problem with humans sometimes. We don't like to share. Right. And, you know, that's why we are where we're at today. So, but just share with one another. Right. And know? don't forget memory cards. And don't forget memory cards. <laughs> but then this it's, was a good conversation. So, it, you you know. Is, I just said, screw it. Like, if people, uh, I enjoy them watching on YouTube still, but a lot of people listen on the podcast apps. And, and they're still Spotify. watching on YouTube right now. Yeah, I mean. You know what I'm saying? We, I got a cool hat. You got the fro. You got Crocs on. They can see that now. I got the whites. I, I mean. Know. Shout out to Amwar with the Croc. <laughs> I'm giving a bunch of products shout outs and none about nobody's paying me for this. So, you know. Well, let's let's get you paid, <laughs> all right? The camera can see the Croc, so it's good on that one. I don't even care, man. Now, I don't even care. It is it is cool to hear I'm you talk. 
it is cool to hear you talk about that because I guess since the, the other two cameras are turned off, even though it's all my operation anyway, mm. it feels like, I don't know, more personal, which is like, you, you talked about me like grinding it out. Like just to be completely honest, the last three or four days have been fucking crazy. Like just mm. flying here from Cincinnati and then having two or three different shoots each day mm -hmm. all around New York City and then Brooklyn and then out and, and, and Rye getting somebody like an hour away riding the train. I've been up That's since. That's how you got to do it, man. Been up since I think 4.30 this morning. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. It's I how mean, it works. Because everybody wants to get paid. So, yeah. you know, you can probably have a few interns or a few people that help you, but eventually people are going to get paid. And at the end of the day, you know, you... The fact that you're doing it all yourself is now that when you have a team and you have people around you, yeah. you'll know exactly what you want. It's like, when you they... got the, it's like when you got that first turntable. Exactly. And you had to figure it out yourself. Exactly. And eventually you, you grow. Exactly. Exactly. So. I just thought that was a cool way to put it. Um, You're doing your thing. Keep keep it up. Appreciate it, man. I, I'm so glad you came on. I, I'll open the floor just real quick. Is there anything else you want to touch on um, before I ask my final question? Because it's the same every episode. But like, is there anything else mental health wise or that you want people to know about your story? Um, Just know that, you know, I've been through a lot and I just like a lot of other people in the world and through everything, I continue to push through the static. Mm -hmm. So if I can give anybody any advice or take anything from me in the lowest of lowest that you're in right now or the highest of highest that you're in, because even when you're in the highest of highest, you're dealing with some static. You're probably dealing with more static when you're in the highest of highest. You right. Know? So just push through it because it can be done. It's really not the end of the world yeah. as much as we think it is. Yeah. Um, you know, remember back in the day they used to say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But I would waste my mind for my gut. I trust my gut over my brain any day. Yeah. Because my brain has told me to do some stupid things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And later I think about it like, you know what? My I am, my gut told me not to go yeah. down that street. Yep. But my brain said, oh, well, maybe we might see somebody we know. Da, 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 da. You know, so... <laughs> Like I, sure I would just continue to go with your gut and fight through the static because, you know, like I said, it's really not the end of the day as much as we think it is. Um, so just keep, keep fighting. And if you can just think about the next day, just think about how the next day is like a clean slate, mm -hmm. even though like, you know, some of the, the stuff does follow you to the next day, whatever, but it's a new day. You know, you get rest, wake up fresh. Just try it again. You know what yeah. I mean? If you got to do it, like, um, one of my favorite games in the world right now is Elden Ring. And I've been playing Elden Ring, like, for a minute. And you die, like, at least 10,000, if not a million. <laughs> like, this is the game you die the most. But the more you die, the better you get. And then the more you die, the more you want to, you actually want to continue right. to keep be, getting far, further in the game, farther in the game, because you're like, all right, I know the next level is going to be harder yeah. than this one because <laughs> I died a million, you know what I mean? So like, keep going, just keep, you know, if anything, just think about, you know what, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and then tomorrow is going to be a new day. I love that message. So, you know what my last question was? Yes. No, I know it's harder to do. It's no, easier no, said than done. Yeah. But practice makes perfect. So if you can practice it and just, even if you have like, you know, you're going grocery shopping tomorrow, just think of that as being like something positive and something cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, no. Well, I was going to, you, you stole my last question. Oh, I'm sorry. 
because the last question is always advice and it usually goes with career mm-hmm. but you already gave part one because i was gonna ask you both about mental health advice and career advice but think about it this way now where there's a kid in in your hometown of cincinnati mm-hmm. or a kid in max hometown of pittsburgh that i don't know working at king's island working at hershey park working like wherever chicken fingers dipping dot stand Trying to save up five, six hundred bucks for probably mm-hmm. eight hundred bucks now because everything's gone up. Thousand, two thousand. Yeah, crazy. No, they probably um, don't even make what I bought anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but they have that 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 passion of music in them, and they want to go buy, you know, maybe a MacBook turntable and get started at that young age of 14, 15, 16. What advice would you tell that kid? Go for it and save your money. <laughs> like make a sacrifice, whatever you're buying right now, 14 and 15. To stop buying, if you want to buy equipment, if you're serious about it, this is right. only this is a conversation for people that seriously want to do it. Just make a sacrifice and don't buy anything. You're probably living at home with your parents anyway, so you don't really need to spend money on food, uh, any miscellaneous things. But really, be serious about it. Yep. Because at that age, <clears throat> that is the beginning of your foundation, and your foundation got to be strong for the house to stand. So if you're not serious in the beginning, mm-hmm. then throughout your career, you're always going to half-ass it. Yep. You're not going to be serious about it. For me, when I bought mine, I knew exactly what I wanted. I looked it up. I knew how much it cost. You know what I mean? I saved yeah, up calculated. that money. Yeah, I saved up that money. As soon as I got that check and it cleared in my bank account, <laughs> I went straight to Guitar Center or Radio Shack or whatever was open there, and I bought that set of turntables. Now, I didn't immediately open them up and play with them but i bought them and i had them and i knew what i wanted to do you know yeah. what i'm saying and um so um from the get-go be serious about it yeah and if there's really something that you want to do and you have a job and you can say you can you can buy the equipment or whatever you just have to save up the money do it because that's that's literally putting the 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 layers down for your house yep and then you just build off that foundation. And then on top of that, man, you know how proud I was of myself when I bought them turntables. Oh, it's gotta be cool as shit. What? I was I had <laughs> I came into that house with like a big box. You know what I mean? I was so excited about having those turntables. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think now that I'm talking about it, I think part of me was like afraid to actually open them up and like mess with them. That's probably why it took me so long. Right. Um, because I was like intimidated. But but yeah, like um, just go for it and be serious. Yeah, no, That's I, all I'm saying. I I couldn't agree more. And my I mean my want to be a sports supporter started at like thirteen, fourteen, and so or twelve maybe. Like mm-hmm. taking this this TV with a camcorder or a VCR built in, a camcorder and a microphone, like a seventh grade football game. See, it's how that shit starts. So like my you was already kind of already on that. You knew exactly what you wanted to do almost. Yeah, or you and, knew in a certain form. And you, you know wanted. what was nice about back then? There wasn't memory cards. It was all on VHS. Wow. So <laughs> I'm gonna keep riding that. But, but you had that drive though. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, from, yeah from no, I did. I just, I, I just, I'm for everyone watching. I'm mad at myself that, <laughs> that I messed up. And first time, but hey, 20 episodes in, 25 episodes in, it's going to happen. That's how you learn. The biggest mistakes we make be the biggest lessons. Yes, sir. All right, Clock, man, I'm so happy we got to do this. Cincinnati, yes. one of Cincinnati's finest. Appreciate it, man. You already know. And shout out to Cincinnati. Shout out to Ohio. Um, thank y'all very much. Yeah, Shout awesome. out to my parents. <laughs> Love them. <laughs> we'll see everybody back here next week on The Mental Game. 
and I can't thank Clock enough for giving me some of his time. We shot that episode about two months ago up in Brooklyn, and as you just heard, that was an amazing conversation talking about his career, Mac's career, their friendship, his mental health, and now what Clock is doing to help the next generation of musicians. So once again, big thanks to Clockwork for coming on The Mental Game. Next week is another surprise guest, but your one hint, it is a fitness influencer. That is your one hint, and we'll see everybody right back here next week on The Mental Game. 